Good morning, it's DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Down goes the big dog. The last undefeated team. Beaten by, of all teams, Washington? Pittsburgh loses. They were 11-0. They were the last undefeated team in the NFL. They get beat at home by Washington, 23-17. They blow a 14-0 lead late in the second quarter. It was 14-3 at the half. I can't believe it. Now, you got to say, Pittsburgh is not constructed the way most good NFL teams are constructed. I mean, they have some of the pieces, right? They've got a great quarterback. Roethlisberger's won two Super Bowls, had a bunch of bunch of playoff appearances and deep playoff runs and all that stuff over the course of a long career. But a running game? Any running game? Just a little hint of a running game? Nope. Nope, 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 nope. Roethlisberger's throwing the ball 50 times a game. 51, actually, I think. But 50 times a game. No balance. No hint at balance. More than three times the passes uh, they had the runs. And, uh, I mean, not everybody's 50-50. Certainly not in this area in the NFL. But 50 passes and you don't get to 20 runs? That was uh, lopsided. And they still could have, would have, should have won the game. They had a 45-yard field goal. They could have kicked on fourth and one, but they went for it. And, of course, they threw the ball on third and one, and they threw the ball on fourth and one, and they didn't get it. And they opted not to kick the 45-yard field goal. And then Washington went right down to the other end and kicked the 45-yard field goal. So And actually kicked another one after a turnover, a deflected pass. Unlucky there. but So everybody's got a loss. Now, as far as the AF, uh, AFC playoff race, Pittsburgh – and the Chiefs are tied, but the Chiefs lost to the Raiders. So the, the tiebreaker when you get down a conference record, that's the tiebreaker that's going to favor the Steelers. They lost to an NFC team. Chiefs lost to an AFC team. So for the moment, and we'll have to see how the last uh, four weeks of the season play out, but for the moment, the Steelers have the upper hand. The Steelers have the tiebreaker advantage over the Chiefs. Um, and, of course, the one seed gets a bye. And the two seed has got to play the seven seed. So you get a week off, get healthy, don't have any more injuries. You know, always potentially have injuries over the course of a game. And then if it ends up being one versus two in the conference final, well, you're the one seed, you got home field. You don't have to travel. Without the fans, though, I think the home field advantage has really weakened quite a bit. So that was one game. And then the other game was the Buffalo Bills continuing a rampage uh, through their schedule. And they blow out the San Francisco 49ers. And Josh Allen, the former Wyoming quarterback, uh, lightly recruited, ends up at Wyoming because, well, you got to go somewhere, and they're the ones who offered you. And so he goes to Wyoming, and now he goes to Buffalo, and now he's just killing it. 32 of 40 for 375 yards. 32 of 40. He completed 80% of his passes. That is a phenomenal performance and not a fluke. That is uh, that is how Josh Allen has been playing. That's just how he's been going through this whole year. So they just they continue to crush it. They're 9-3. and three. They're having a year. Uh, they've got a stranglehold on that AFC East and look like they're headed um, to win that division. Uh, they win the game. They beat the, the Niners 34-24. Uh, from the Niners' perspective, trying to get to 500, And that would have tied them with Minnesota and Arizona for the last playoff berth in the NFC. But they fall to 5-7. and seven, So now, like Detroit and Chicago, they are a game back. But the Bills are 9-3 and three and, uh, and riding high is Josh Allen. 375 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, that is 
That is a spectacular game uh, for Josh Allen. And he spread him around. He threw to four different touchdown passes to four different receivers. Uh, Zach Moss had a fumble in the game, the former youth, and didn't see much of him after that. So he ended up with, I think, three carries for nine yards and one catch for five yards. So it's been running back by committee in Buffalo. They haven't really settled on anybody. They've had guys in and out of the lineup, and they've been going with different guys. And it was Moss for a little while, and he had a couple of moments there. And he may get another chance, but uh, you got to hold on to the ball. You got to hold on to the ball. Coaches, uh, we always see Kyle Whittingham go nuts, and of course, he's the coach right in front of our face, and he's had that job for a long time. So we've seen him go nuts on turnovers multiple times, including a couple times this year. But that's that's pretty consistent uh, around football and certainly NFL. So we'll see if Zach see if Zach gets another shot and uh, gets another run there. All right, uh, other things we have to get to. The, uh, the two NFL games there, there's a little bit of college football news. Uh, Texas A&M, ranked number five, isn't going to play Ole Miss this week because Ole Miss had a COVID outbreak. And it'll be interesting to see. I, I think A&M's out, barring some kind of crazy um, upsets here at the end of the season. And this season, you know, they don't, they're not playing the money games, the non-conference games. Um, and that's where teams really pad their record. But we're not seeing the upsets. And I don't know, do we, do we put that on the crowds? Is that the, the part that's missing? Um, you would think in a crazy year like this and players in and out of the lineup that we'd see upsets. But and we're seeing the elite teams in the country just, just beat people up. Just dominate people and just, just thrash teams, right? I mean, it, LSU had no chance at getting Alabama Saturday night. Um, It'll be interesting to see. Maybe we'll maybe we'll see some upsets down the stretch here. The the top seven keep winning and pretty much remain the same week after week. We'll find out what the uh, what the college football playoff committee thinks tonight. Um, next week, seventh ranked Cincinnati's got to go to Tulsa. So you know maybe there'll be something at the fringe there. But I expect sixth ranked Florida is just going to completely annihilate uh, LSU. Uh, fifth ranked Texas isn't going to play now. So you know you, you're. Uh, you're looking at fewer chances. Is is Ohio State going to play Michigan? If they do, I assume they crush them. I assume Alabama's going to go to Arkansas. I know Arkansas's had some moments this year. They've won three SEC games, and that's a big deal. But I assume Arkansas is going to going to crush them. Clemson's off, you know. So uh, Notre Dame's off. So where where's the change going to be that lets Texas A and M in? Uh, if Florida beats Bama, I assume Bama stays in, and Florida wins the SEC title game, they'd be in, and. And it would still be out, so I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen to them as they sit out and, and wait. For BYU, it doesn't look like they're going to fill a game on the 19th now. It doesn't really make sense, right? This, uh, the whole idea was to play one more game, get one more really good opponent, and see if that could vault you in a New Year's Six game. But with the loss, that's gone. So uh, it's kind of seeing college football petering out here, and we should be headed for the bowl season. But they just the closer we get to the bowls, they just keep canceling bowl games. I think we're I think there's like 11 games gone now because they're not going to play the L.A. Bowl, which you're not familiar with because this is going to be the first. It's not the first annual. It's the inaugural. The inaugural L.A. Bowl. But they're going to push that back a year. When you've got a really expensive NFL stadium, you need to put a bowl game in it. People will say over and over, we don't need all these bowl games. Who watches all these bowl games? Well, Somebody's watching them. They're better rated than college basketball games, so ESPN's going to keep putting them on. And they'll own them if they have to, as we've seen. ESPN owns multiple bowls. And if you've got an NFL stadium and you've got debt service, you want a game in it. They build a new stadium in Vegas, and they move the Vegas Bowl across town. And they build a new stadium in Arizona, 
They moved the Fiesta Bowl across town. And they build a new stadium in L.A. Well, they can't move the Rose Bowl. So they just invent a new game. There you go. And you, and you pretty much see that all across the country, right? You turn it on and, hey, look, they're playing in the Dolphin Stadium. Hey, look, they're playing in the Buccaneers Stadium. They play two games in the Superdome. It's just the way things are. All the NFL stadiums uh, where Houston, uh, Dallas, Atlanta, I mean, one after another. You can just run through them. Oh, they built a new one in Nashville. They play there. But they're not going to play the L.A. Bowl this year. So the Pac-12 Bowl bids, uh, five of the games that have been canceled now are Pac-12 games. And aren't happening. Um, no games, uh, no Holiday Bowl in San Diego, no L.A. Bowl, no Red Box Bowl in the Bay Area, no Vegas Bowl, and the Sun Bowl also. So five games have, uh, have gone away. Alamo Bowl is still on, the Independence Bowl, and a spot in the New Year's Six. And that's, uh, that's what they're sitting on. I know there's been talk about doing some series with the, with the Big Ten. And, I mean, if it gets to you, it's one more game, and it's a chance for the young guys to develop. Okay, I think we've seen quite a bit of progress here over three games, and we're going to hear from Kyle Whittingham uh, coming up next um, as he talks about his team. And he's pumped about the secondary. You know, the young guys in the secondary have been improving, and they found a freshman running back in Ty Jordan. Um, the O-line has kind of been hit and miss up and down. There's some pluses and some minuses with the short yardage situations being the minus. Uh, Kyle will talk about that as well. But if you get another game and you get to iron some of this stuff out, sad thing is they're not making progress at quarterback because – it looks like next year's starting quarterback got hurt 14 plays into this season, and he's not coming back. So that's a downer, and that's you know it's only one downer, but it's a huge downer because it's quarterback, and quarterback's so important. So, all right, DJ and PK, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll hear from Kyle Whittingham, Kalani Sataki coming up later this hour. Stay with us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning. It's DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. It's time to check in with... Kyle Whittingham, the head coach of the Utes. The Utes have a Friday night game this week, short week. They're going to Boulder to play Colorado, a team they've really owned. They've won seven of the last eight games, seven of nine since they rejoined the league, and they lost the first year and uh, pretty much owned the Buffs since then. And it'll be interesting to see if that if that continues. The one time the Buffs did break through was the year they won the division. And that was a uh, that was a good team. It looks like this is a pretty good Buffs team. It's not much of a sample size. They're three and zero in the conference, and they're four and zero overall. And it's weird because Carl Durrell comes in, and you don't have spring football, and then this whole summer camp is delayed, and then you got to rush to the season, and everything was set up for everything to go wrong, and yet it's not going wrong. It's going right now. I have to say that Colorado's gotten an easier draw. You know, USC and Washington are leading the divisions, and the Utes played them. And Colorado beat UCLA and Stanford. Didn't get to play ASU. That got canceled. Then beat San Diego State in a non-league game, and then uh, beat Arizona. So they haven't, they haven't played the toughest schedule, but hey, all you can do is beat the teams in front of you, and they've done that. They're a really high-scoring team in those first couple of games, beating UCLA 48-42 and Stanford 35-32. Now the last couple of games, very low-scoring. Um, 
twenty to ten over San Diego State, and San Diego State had issues at quarterback and played multiple guys and had no offense in that game. I don't think they 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 traveled for that game and they didn't even take their two best running backs were hurt too. So that was a nightmare, and Colorado just got the lead and took the air out of ball and ended the game. Uh, and then the Arizona game, low scoring, twenty four thirteen as well. Um, the guy to watch in this game is. Uh, Colorado's running back. They, they've got a heck of a running game in this. Uh, Jarek Broussard averages six and a half yards a carry. He's run for 733 yards in four games. You, know, you do the math on that, that is just a little under 200 yards a game. That's uh, pushing, what about one? Uh, I can't do math on the radio. I shouldn't do that. I almost did math on the radio. I should not be allowed to do math on the radio. Everybody knows that. It always ends poorly. And so I shouldn't have done that. My, my guess is that he's uh, at 180 yards a game. But you know what? I shouldn't be doing math on the radio, so I'll just stop right there. Six and a half yards of carry, that's done for me. I'm looking at that right now. Uh, he's, he's the guy to watch. You know, the quarterback play is okay. Sam Neuer is completing 62% of his passes. That's a little on the low side. And they throw for less than 200 yards a game. So that's on the low side. Uh, four touchdowns, four interceptions, and five sacks. So it's, it's about the run game. Smash mouth football. And maybe make some big plays. Hit on some big plays in the pass game. But it's about the run game. All right, here's Kyle Whittingham. His uh, Zoom conference with the media right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Yeah, it was good to uh, get the win uh, Saturday night. Uh, had a lot of positive things happen in the game. Still have plenty to work on and things that uh, we didn't do so well. But uh, Ty Jordan was a bright spot for the offense. Uh, very productive. Uh, 160 or 70 yards and had a big workload. I think he carried it 27 times. And so it was a breakout game of sorts for Ty. Uh, defense did some good things, got some key stops at the end, which was uh, really, you know, the preserve the win. If we don't get those stops at the end, then who knows what happens. Um, but uh, like I said, it was good to get a win. Uh, we got a short turnaround this week. We got uh, Colorado up in Boulder on Friday night. And so there's no time to uh, savor, savor the win on Saturday. We've got to move on, which we have already done, and uh, get ready for the Buffaloes. So questions? We'll start off with Trevor Allen, followed by Josh Newman. Go ahead, Trevor. Kyle, when, during camp, you, you mentioned how um, the, the uh, defense was obviously really, really new, um, and then you guys had, had a lot coming back on, on offense. How, how do you guys – now, now that you guys are three games into this, are you kind of shocked at, at where the uh, defense is at? Yeah, it hasn't played out exactly as uh, I thought it would. Defense seems to be much more productive and further ahead than than uh, I think any of us thought. And we're not quite as productive on offense as we need to be right now. In fact, we've got a, a ways to go. And so I uh, didn't see that coming based on training camp. And that's why you never really can – Put a whole lot of stock in, in what's going on when you're playing against each other uh, continually because you don't get a great perspective and and uh, so that's sometimes misleading. But uh, really proud of the the, uh, the defense and, and particularly the way that the secondary has performed so far. We're I, I think we're first or second in the league in, in pass efficiency defense, which is is pretty good when you consider that secondary is an entire rebuild. So uh, yeah, it has been a little bit. Uh, Unexpected, but 
in a good way for the D and we still need to get on track offensively and, and I think we've made progress offensively but but uh, we still got a ways to go. Next we'll go to Josh Newman, Salt Lake Tribune followed by Josh Furlong, KSL.com. Hey Kyle, good morning. Good morning. Um, you guys are no stranger to, you know, short weeks playing on a Friday night, but I am curious, um, how does prep change, uh, you know, playing on a short week one, but also doing it on the road with all the testing and things that need to go on now? Yeah, the testing is uh, definitely an added uh, factor in, in the preparation where that never existed before, but but uh, it's not really that uh, dramatic of a change. Uh, when you're playing on a Friday, when you're playing on a Thursday, that's a much uh, more compressed time frame. And so we we uh, are treating today like a hybrid Tuesday, I guess you could say, not quite as physical as a normal Tuesday, but we'll get out on the field where typically on Mondays we don't do much on the field. It's more films and lifting. And so we just accelerate a day. That's the short version is, is everything moves up one day and and uh, we should be uh, – and we should be fine. Then the road trip is an, is an easy trip to Boulder. It's only about an hour flight, so so it's not a, a big uh, issue there as well. Just a quick follow-up on a different topic. Um, assuming that you've seen some film now, did you think that the targeting call was legit? I wouldn't have called it if I was the official. I thought our guy got underneath the, uh, the headgear of the opposing player, and I thought he was trying to get in there with the shoulder. And uh, so, but I'm not an official, but if I was an official, I wouldn't call it. I'm not saying I'm right. That's just my own opinion. Uh, fortunately, we get Malone, it happened in the first half, so we'll get Malone back uh, for this game. And uh, that'll be important to us because he's our, he's our starting nickel. Next, we'll go to Josh Furlong, followed by Patrick Kinahan. The offense obviously fed the ball to Ty Jordan and Brant Keithy a lot on Saturday, and for good reason. They they did a lot with it. But you know, in the you know, how do you how do you go about distributing the ball to other other people? You know, somebody like let's say a Solomon Enos or or some other the backers or other re- wide receivers. Like how do you how do you figure that into the play, or is it really just who's who's ever doing the best at that time? I think the latter, and more of a week to week thing. Uh, some weeks uh, the matchups favor you know, one person or a couple of players and some weeks it's, it's different guys. And so uh, this last week, uh, Ty Jordan was you know, from the onset, he was ripping off uh, big runs. And I think at one point he had over 10 yards of carry until late in the game when we got in those short yarded situations. And, and he had a few carries where uh, that, that netted nothing, but, but he's always going to be, uh, you know, a guy that, uh, you know, based on what we've seen in three games, he's going to be a guy that's going to get his hand his share of touches and as Brant Keithy as well. You know, we know his, his uh, track record. He's a proven commodity. Um, Covey is another guy that uh, is going to get touches. And, and then we got to get the wide receivers a little more involved. We were down a couple wide receivers last week, at least uh, they weren't full strength. And so when our receiving core is completely healthy, it's it's a weapon for us as well. But they've been a little banged up lately. But but some weeks, uh, some guys get more touches than, uh, than others. And, and uh, that is a like I said, a matchup thing, and depending on uh, where where we feel we got the uh, the best advantage. Next, we'll go to Patrick Kinahan, followed by David James. Go ahead, PK. Yeah, you got the early signing period. I think coming up in a couple of weeks. With this being a free year, what are your plans in terms of the number of guys you plan to sign? Well, the signing day is coming up in nine days. As a matter of fact, it's a week from Wednesday, and so we are right now scheduled to sign uh, seventeen players. And that would include one return missionary. 
And so 16 new guys and one guy that committed to us a couple years back that is now back and ready to uh, join the team. So 17 total, 16 new, one from two years ago. Was that the entire question? Yeah, thanks. Okay. No. Okay, next we'll go to David James, followed by Trevor Allen. Kyle, I'm, I'm curious, in the fourth quarter uh, when you were uh, going three and out there, those short yardage run situations, uh, you, you mentioned play calling after the game, but now that you looked at the film, you know, the, the run game's been so good and the numbers are so good, except in the short yardage. Is it the personnel? Is it the play calling running, you know, off tackle or something? Is it the numbers they're putting in the box? What, what all goes into something going wrong when it's been going so right? Yeah, it's a combination of things. There's not just one thing, uh, but it was disappointing that we ran the ball so well, except when we really had to. When we had to, we didn't seem to, to make much hay now. Uh, there was, uh, you know, we missed a hole uh, on one of the plays. The, the, the big, biggest disappointment or the biggest, the most disappointing series when we had the ball uh, just about midfield, there was about four minutes left and Ty Jordan rips off a nine yard run on first down. So we get the second one and then three consecutive times we get stopped. Uh, second or third and one, second one, third and one, fourth and one. But uh, I think it was the third one that we had a hole and we just missed the hole. Ty, the young running back, just uh, misread it. And uh, it was there. It was a, it was a gimme first down. But but uh, you're right. We we. We, I don't, well, you're not right, but the point you bring up is exactly correct that uh, we've got to be a little more creative on uh, in those short yard situations and uh, have a few different alternatives than just running the inside zone play. And uh, that's up to us as coaches to get that fixed. And, and that was, uh, you know, there was some things coming out of that game, like I said earlier, that we definitely need to work on. And that was one of them, the four minute offense and short yardage, uh, which is, you know, inclusive in that red zone offense. We had uh, three trips in the red zone early in the game, field goal, field goal, field goal, which uh, can't happen. You know, if you nine, nine, nothing is a heck of a lot different than 21, nothing. And, and we had a chance to break the game open early and didn't do it. And we had some open, some wide open guys just, just missed them. But, but uh, there's a lot of things coming out of that game that we need to work on and, and uh, we'll address it and continue to, to uh, try to get better. Trevor Allen followed by Josh Newman. Kind of going off of what uh, Josh asked earlier about Malone, but uh, you know him him not not playing against Washington, and then um, you know him not not playing in that second half, and then uh, Clark Phillips moves over to nickel. I know you guys weren't in that package for the whole game against Oregon State, but for you know you you actually said that that nickel is a very hard position to play. How do you feel Clark did in those two games of having to play nickel? Did a great job, and, and given the circumstances and and being thrust in there. And having not a lot of practice reps, we always try to keep them tuned up uh, you know, during the week with a few reps at nickel just in case. And uh, last couple of weeks, we we learned on Friday uh, before the Washington game that we wouldn't have Malone, so he he had 24-hour notice that he was going to be playing nickel. And then uh, in this last game, obviously, it was uh, in game when when uh, the change needed to be made. But but Clark has been a, a very good player for us so far this year. We're only three games in, but but him and uh, Fabian Marks and Nate Ritchie, all three of those true freshman kids have, have done a good job and and uh, we're excited about their future. Josh Newman followed by David James. Sorry, can you hear me? 
Yes, now. Gotcha. Sorry. Um, with with Ty having a track and field background, right? He was a 10-5 guy in high school. Um, is that something that maybe you look for sometimes in recruiting that speed, kids who have a track background? Is that something that you can work with? Without a doubt, that, that comes into play with all the skill positions you recruit. And if you're recruiting a skill position guy, and particularly wide receiver and corner that doesn't have a track background, a lot of times that's a red flag because guys that run fast love to run and they love to display it in the, in the track season. And so if a guy has not run track that's a skill guy, you better do your homework because sometimes that means that his top end is not not what it needs to be. And uh, that's that's a big factor in recruiting like I said, the, the perimeter, and it comes into play at running back as well. And, and that's one of Ty's biggest assets is his speed and his quickness. Quickness is every bit as important for a running back as, as top end. And so that always uh, is examined and delved into when you're looking at uh, skill players. Quick follow-up, just, you know, with Colorado, uh, you know, they're having a fine season, maybe better than some people expected. Just what are your um, early thoughts on Colorado as you start prepping? Yeah, good football team, undefeated, four and all, and uh, they're doing some good things. The quarterback, a fifth-year senior, is doing a nice job running the offense. The tailback is is productive, uh, solid O line, solid receivers, uh, defense uh, doing good things. Uh, primarily even front, about two thirds even front, one third odd front. Uh, zone pressure, they're doing a good job with their zone blitzes, um, mainly single high uh, on early downs. Uh, good defensive end, good linebacker, and so they got a lot of things going for them right now, and they're four and zero. So what can you say? I mean, they've they've uh, they've been taking care of business. And next we'll go to David James. Kyle, how does that happen? Because there's been so much change there. Three coaches in three years. There really weren't the expectations. What pieces of the puzzle has that coaching staff kind of been able to fit together to get to this point so quickly in what's obviously such a difficult year for coaching staffs? Yeah, well, this year is weird all the way around. I mean, there's things happening that uh, every week that that are bizarre in my estimation. You know, it's just, it's a crazy year. And so... Uh, I would say in their situation, the cupboard was not left bare. They had a lot of good players uh, when uh, the last coach moved on and the last coach moved on on his own accord. You know, he wasn't let go or anything because of uh, lack of success. And so uh, they're just building upon what uh, what was started last year. And they've done a nice job and their their players have, uh, they're playing hard. And, and uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's all lined up for them so far. You know, they're, they're doing a good job. There's Kyle Whittingham with the media. We're going to take a break. When we come back, you'll hear from BYU head coach Kalani Sataki. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We heard from Kyle Whittingham. Time now to hear from Kalani Sataki. BYU getting beat. Now they got to bounce back and play San Diego State. We'll see how healthy San Diego State is. They've been rotating through quarterbacks and running backs, sometimes because of performance, sometimes because of health. They've uh, had like six different running backs. It's been like the featured back. It's been a mess. Um, 
the quarterback situation, they played three different guys. So we'll see what they are uh, coming into town. And obviously for BYU, you know, it's a letdown. Uh, but it's seniors for the seniors. It's the last time they're playing in the stadium. If they're leaving, obviously it's a free year. So some guys may be coming back. Um, here is Kalani Sataki on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. First of all, Kalani, what did you learn going back and looking over the looking at the film from Saturday's game? Um. Probably a lot more than just mentioning this answer, you know, but there's a lot of things we, that uh, we can improve on and looking forward to getting those fixed. And and then, and, I mean, I, like I said, after after the game, I think Coastal Carolina, uh, they came out ready to play. They're, they're excited, obviously, uh, that environment and, and a lot on the game, you know, with, with two ranked teams that are 9-0. And, oh, and uh, they played with a little chip on their shoulder. I thought our guys played hard, uh, had great effort. You know, and, and, and they made more uh, one more play than we did and then earned the win. Um, there were th- some things that I thought we, we we have been accustomed to playing better in a lot of different ways and a lot of different areas. But, um, with a, you know, it's just there's so many little things that happened, uh, good and bad. And, and a lot of it had, had to do, do with the competition, the overall game. Um, so just looking forward to getting better. And uh, I can't say that we played at our best, but I, I can say that, uh, uh, you know, looking forward to getting to getting that done this weekend. Lots to play for still this week in uh, San Diego State. You know, they beat us last year. So, um, you know, we're, we're getting them at home and on senior night. So um, you know, we, we've got to be ready to work and I'm looking forward to practice today. Along those lines, Kalani, this is senior night, the last scheduled game you have. This year's unique. What's it like trying to look at the logistics as far as who might go, who might come back, missionaries, signees, all of those things as you're looking at it, you know, moving forward? I think a lot of the seniors, you know, they're given that that year to come back and play. Um, but, you know, it's going to be up to them. I, I don't think they've all decided for sure what's going to happen. Uh, and the other underclassmen, same situation, you know, they have an opportunity to get drafted. But, um, you know, for, for a lot of these guys, this will be last game, you know, at home. And so um, the thought of that, you know, being said, 2020, it's, it's the last game that we get to be in Lavelle Edwards Stadium, and, and we're excited to play the game. And, and um, you know, I'm looking forward to sending these guys out on with a W. And that that's a that's a, a good way to focus the team back on on what we're about. And then that's that's the, the individuals on the team that have sacrificed a lot and been here the, the longest. And um, you know, just trying to trying to get our guys to perform at their best for them. Kalani, one of the things that you and the players have talked about this year is just your ability to be able to focus on the task at hand and kind of handle adversity. Now having dealt with the first loss of the season, from an emotional standpoint, how have the guys handled it a couple of days after? I mean, I think losses hurt, you know, it's supposed to. You worked hard and you you care so much, and uh, our guys are, are very competitive. Um, but it's 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 uh, something that you can react to and you can respond to in a positive way. Meaning, you know, what are you going to do next? Um, you lost the game, and then what? You know, you you can't uh, let it affect um, 
the next performance. And so the, the key will be for us to to learn from this and get better, just like we do on wins, you know. And and, and we talked about um, making a mountain out of a molehill if you lose. Well, we don't want to do that as a coaches, and and we don't want to do that as a team and as players. So uh, we're going to work on some of the things that we can improve on that that we feel are, are, are legit, and then you know, and then be be ready for the next one. And I think having a game right after a loss to look forward to is, is the, the best thing for a team. And, you know, this is this is a, one of those moments where uh, we wanted to play more games and we got it. And, and, and now we have an opportunity to play another one. And uh, I'm just really excited that we get to get, get back on the field and see these guys play again. Yeah, Kalani, uh, you know, with, with that uh, coming up this weekend, you mentioned you know, senior day. Also, you got some talented juniors who you mentioned back in the preseason were guys that, uh, you know, could have NFL looks potentially. Do you expect that with Zach Wilson to maybe be his last game this weekend? Uh, possibly. I mean, I think that's, that's the, uh, there, there's a lot of the talk going around. I, I think the key though, is just for us to focus on trying to get the win and, and to do it for the seniors that we know for sure are, are leaving, you know? And, um, but uh, I mean, there be, there may be some, and I said before that, that we feel like we have a really good team with a lot of talent and looking forward to having um, a lot of guys represent our team and our fans in the NFL. You know, and, and I think we if you look at this team and, and look at the youth and the town that we have, I think there's a long string of, of NFL draft picks on this team and um, and free agents and guys that will make squads. And so, um, you know, we, we hope that that happens. We hope people have to have tough decisions. And the fact that our quarterback is being mentioned as a possible guy to go to the next level, it's a good sign, as well as some of the underclassmen that we had uh, this year. We had that talk last year, too. So that's a good sign that the program is developing well and, and that we've got the right talent and, and doing things the right way. So, um, you know, we to me, that just confirms that what we're doing is, is, is correct and, and how we're recruiting and developing guys is, is key to, to our our success and so uh, the more that we can get ready and game ready and the size ready i think uh you know that'll, that'll go really well into the next level and one of zach's uh you know top pass catchers gunner rami he took that hard ball back this i mean it, it hit the ground hard against coastal carolina what's the outlook for him as far as practice goes this week yeah we'll have to go day to day and see if he's ready to go you know i i don't um I'm not sure if he's going to be ready to play this week, but we'll have to, we'll have to uh, keep working with him. And, and we'll, once we get word from the trainers, the key is, is to make sure that he's, he's going to be at 100%. And if we can get that, then, then you know, he wasn't able to come back. And so uh, we have to just make sure to protect him first. And then we'll go from there. And it'll give, if he doesn't get to play, it'll give some other guys a chance to play. And, um, you know, I feel like we've got a lot of good players that can step up and and, and and fill that spot if we need. I mean, we've, we've seen it before. So um, we're hoping to get Gunner back, though. That's that's the hope. Let's take a question from Norma Gonzalez, Jay Drew, and Jay Catch. Hey, Coach Shota, going back to uh, Zach Wilson, <clears throat> he didn't really have the type of performance that people have come to know through the first nine games. What do you think um, he showed against Coastal? And what do you think – how will that impact – his draft prospects or anything like that, or even the Heisman competition. I'm not really worried about 
the Heisman or or the draft. I, I mean, I, I acknowledge that he's getting attention for that. I th- the key is just trying to win games, and there's probably a lot that goes into that. It, it's it's not just uh, one player that that will make the difference. There's a lot of different factors that go into it uh, when we win and when we lose. You know, so I think the key for us would be to adjust things that that need to be fixed and 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 um and make sure that we give credit and praise when where, where it needs to be um given and and in this case you know we i would look at probably a lot of things like maybe when teams try to possess the ball and try to limit our opportunities I mean, we've got to find a way to get the ball back to our offense and, and get more more possessions and so uh we know that teams have been doing that this year we've seen it um, throughout throughout the season, where teams try to possess the ball and keep the ball away from our our offense, that's highly explosive. And uh, I've seen our offense score a lot of points even with a limited amount of reps. So uh, a mixture of all that with the defense, offense, and special teams playing complementary complementary ball, and then just being eff- uh, having efficient uh, reps when we when we do have possessions would be the key. And where would you rank him, sort of, in the list of the BYU quarterback greats? Oh, I don't know. He's, he's we we still got a game this week. It's, I mean, you're you're going you're talking about when I was a kid, you know, and and I saw those great ones that played before. So maybe after when he's done, I, I I'd rather rank guys when they're done, their careers are done playing here. But um, yeah, let's just let's just hope that he can perform well and then as well as the team and, and the coaches on on Saturday. I think Clark Barrington also left the game. I'm not sure if he came back in. Is he in the same boat as Gunner as far as this week? Or yeah, yeah, he's he's uh, you know, he, he's a little banged up, so we'll have to wait and see. Uh, n- nothing to confirm yet uh, whether he can go or not. Right now, it's it's still in uh, we're still on hold, but he he did not come back. And then, uh, given that with the loss. Does that re- cause you to rethink your your thinking on playing December nineteenth, or are you guys still looking for a game then as well? Well, I, I think I don't I don't know how it's going to work with um, bowl games and things like that. I, I uh, you know, I, I think we've been in the, the conversation of playing in a bowl game. Um, this one, you know, with the loss, I think it it, it uh, kind of narrows it down a little bit more, but. Uh, depending on when those bowl games are at, I, I think that if there's a chance and we would love to play another game, you know, but it all, it all have to kind of work out with uh, the schedule and see how it works. Cause that, that week is the 19th. Is that right, Jay? That week that's open. So yeah. And a lot uh, of teams will be in conference championship games, but there's yeah, so, other teams. Yeah. So it all depends on the next one, the bowl games will be played after that and where, where, we're, you know, maybe we'll have an invite by then and we could play that game. That, I think that'd be fun. We we want to get out there and play football, you know. And this this last game didn't go our way, and and but we we love playing the game, and I think getting the guys out there and play as many as we can. And the goal was try to get twelve this this year before the bowl game, and and uh, you know that's still out there. I think there's still if there's still an option that we would love to play football. You're getting universally praised for playing the game. Looking back, hindsight's twenty twenty. Was it the right thing to do to take that game? Yeah, I, th- I think so. I mean, um, listen, that, we didn't win. There's a lot of things that we're going to learn from this. Uh, but, you know, 
I was really happy with the way our guys play. They played hard and they fought, you know, and, and, and uh, a lot of credit to Coastal Carolina. We, we watched them on film as much as we can uh, when we knew about the game. And, and um, you know, we tried, we saw a lot of the great things from them. I, I think they came to the game with a chip on their shoulder, but there was, there was no disrespect from us. I think, I think the people that were questioning them were from other, pe- other people in, in the media and all that the, with the expectations. But we knew we had a, a really good team to, to play. And, and we're looking forward to the matchup. And, and, you know, they made one play more than us. It came, I mean, it was one of those games that was uh, exciting all the way down to the last second. And so, you know, we, we came a yard short and, and um, you know, Super Bowls have ended the same way. And it was, it was a classic game, just didn't end in our favor. And that, that's a frustrating thing. We like to win, you know, but uh, I think there's a, you know, I saw a team that was excited to play football we went out there and then, you know, we were coming off two weeks, not playing. And, and I think the, just getting in the game and I don't, I don't know how being, even though the schedule had three weeks off, I, I just don't know if that was what our guys ever wanted. So to have a game, when we announced that, that the, the game was going to happen, you should have heard the excitement in our team. And so when we, when we flew back from Myrtle beach, we were, I, I was still thankful we were able to play that game and thankful to see these guys play. They worked so hard and, you know, we're sitting at nine and one, 10 games played, and and hopefully we can get you can, we can get more. All right, let's take a question from um, Sean Walker and Jake Edmonds. Yeah, coach, kind of building off of that a little bit. Uh, it's it's been a week, um, to say the least, since you know, getting the game announced just five or six days ago and then traveling across the country, playing a top 25 matchup, um, all that stuff with kind of looking back hindsight being 2020, would you go through that again, playing a game on just such a short turnaround with, with long distance involved and all of that? Is, is that, is that something you, you'd still be up to doing again, I guess? Yeah, you're you're asking a, a guy that that loves to coach, and and you're asking a team that loves to play football if they would like to play a game. Yes, if there's a chance we could play a doubleheader and play back to back games, we would take that. I mean, I, I love coaching these guys because they love playing football. Uh, I have a bunch of football junkies that love the game. And when we're not playing football, these guys are watching it. And so, um, yeah, <laughs> you know, looking back at it and people say, well, if you, you know, in hindsight and all that, Hey, we just want to play football. I, I, I think I let everybody else do the talking on how they want to position our rankings and all that stuff. You just, you know what you're made of when you play, when you, when you compete and you put yourself in some uncomfortable positions and against the best. I mean, Coastal Carolina is an undefeated team. You know, there's a lot of pauses that we could see from the game and there's a lot of things that we know we can do better and we'll try to work on it, you know, but uh, the competitiveness, it's, it's when I, when I became the head coach here, you know, Tom Homo showed me the schedule and I wish I was a player. I was sitting there like, man, I wish I could play against all these P5 teams in this type of schedule. And and um, that's what we recruited here. We got guys that were really attracted to that type of schedule. We had guys, I mean, you guys are going to talk to Dax Mill, and that guy turned down scholarships to come here because he, could, he knew he can p- compete with the best. And that's why he's getting all the attention because he was confident in his ability to play and to compete and earn a scholarship real quick and then to be out there and be one of the best receivers in the country. And so th- that's what – 
that's, that's what I get to coach. I get to coach these awesome kids that love to compete. And so when you ask me these type of questions, guys, these guys love playing the game. Win or lose, they love playing the game, and they love playing the best. Coach, you have kind of the luxury of a full week of prep now as you look ahead to San Diego State, a team that kept you out of the end zone last year. Does does this team look similar to that team, or what do you see on film from them? Yeah, very similar. I, I think the, the hard part is like um, when you're dealing with the pandemic, you don't know who's going to be available for every team. And so you may see some change, uh, changes in lineups from us and from them, you know. So as you watch film, uh, you look at it. I think the scheme, though, the foundation of what they're trying to do. Brady Hoke's a really good coach, and and um, you know he's he's been a head coach before, so he knows how to get his guys motivated. They 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 play an aggressive style of defense, very similar to what we've already seen from them last year, and uh, they've carried that on. And and then their offense, they like to run the ball and, and possess the ball, and and so you know this is an opportunity for us to try to get the ball back for our offense to score, and and uh, they have a, a very dynamic run game, so. Uh, um, this is going to be another challenge where, you know, maybe we can we have a little bit of redemption against uh, last year, also against what we happened this week for us, you know, and, and, and playing against them. But I, I like the fact that we get to play another game, you know, and, and and if there's a way to play another game on the 19th and then a bowl game, we would love to do that, too. So that that's but as far as San Diego State goes, we we, we see the film. They're, they're a tough team, well coached. And uh, we're excited to play them. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, I think I missed Jake Hatch. So let's do last question with Jake Hatch. Yeah, Kalani, you've said in the past that you always want to allow your assistants to pursue other jobs, become head coaches, etc. There are reports out there, this one in particular about Coach Grimes, him, him reportedly interviewing for a job here in state. What is your response to that? That he's been interviewing for the job in that state? That he either is interviewing or has interviewed for the position. Yeah, great. Great. I mean, that, like I said, I there's a lot of these. There's even young coaches on our staff that are going to be great head coaches someday. But I'm just telling you, we've got some great coaches. There's a lot of players on our team that are going to be amazing coaches when they decide to hang up their cleats. So, um I mentioned about the football junkie feel from our team. You have a guy, a bunch of guys that love football. They're going to want to be around it somehow and they're going to want to coach it. Um, I don't know. Maybe there's future media members out there that are going to be on our team. You never know. I mean, I might be here answering questions from one of our players. You know what I mean? So uh, I just know that, that our guys love sports. They love competition. They love football. And so, you know, they're going to have opportunities. They're going to want to be around it just like you guys are. And, and if, if we have guys that, that are going to be future, you know, head coaches and, and future coordinators and future ADs, things like that, I want them to pursue it. And I'm going to be uh, one pushing them to, to, to go and get what they want. I, it's, it's, you know, I think when you become an assistant, your thoughts are that you want to be a head coach someday. And, and uh, hopefully they get to, that opportunity. I'm very thankful for my opportunity to be a head coach here at BYU. So I'd, I'd like to have them get those opportunities and you know Lavelle when he was a head coach he did the same thing I, I, I've seen a lot of coaches that are out there that have helped do that and Kyle did a great job in help mentoring me when I was an assistant and a coordinator for him you know and and, and I mean I still talk to like I said I've got a lot of mentors that are out there that have been really helpful for, for me as a as a coach I mean I mentioned my mentors a couple of weeks ago but I failed to mention one that was really pivotal in, in my me wanting to become a coach and 
and that was uh you know look at um my boy lance that was my guy lance reynolds is why i wanted to become uh, a coach and, and in college and so a lot of i'm surrounded by my whole life has been surrounded by great people like that um, my high school coach dale collier and coordinator you know mike wade all those guys have been pivotal in, in, in me wanting to become a coach and so i hope i can uh, help promote these young coaches here and the other coaches on our staff to be head coaches someday. And then one other question I've got for you. It seems like you guys have had issues in short yardage running the ball. Is that a concern to you, something you've noticed you need to fix, or are you not too worried about it? No, I mean, that's like the, uh, I, you know, whenever whenever you're looking at your team and ways to improve, uh, you're looking at way, uh, things during the season to find ways to get better. And then, so we're always trying to self-scout and trying to assess what we can do better in all three phases. And so obviously offensively, our coaches are on top of it and we're looking for ways to get, get better there. You know, maybe convert more second downs in the first downs. I don't know, but uh, let's just try to get first downs all together. I, I think the more explosiveness we can get from an offense and then the more disruption we can get from the defense um, will be a lot better. But, uh, you know, we've got a lot of things to be positive about. I've been really pleased with, with the way the, the coaches have been working with our, co- with our players. And uh, this is a chance for us to respond from, from a, you know, a result that didn't go our way. And now this is a, the true test that comes out to see what we're made of. There's Kalani Sataki on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to take a break. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines are coming up next.